I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Welcome to my show, America Can We Talk. Today, we're going to talk about don't get in the car, the executive order, the electric col um, electoral college and the Ratcliffe report, Arizona subpoenas Dominion and Michigan denies GOP electors and Lieutenant Colonel Allen West and constitutional states. And of course, I'll tell you why these stories matter to you. Stay tuned. Debbie Georgiatis, host of America Can We Talk, is an author, attorney, and political analyst whose mission is to inspire the American political conversation about preserving liberty in the best country on earth. Hello again and welcome to America Can We Talk and to today's First Five. If any of you have ever taken a safety course and you have, we did it when our daughter was going off to college, she and I took a safety class together, many other safety classes give you this advice, don't get in the car. And what they mean by that is if you are accosted, if you're in a parking lot, wherever you are, and a bad guy attempts to accost you and even has a gun and says, get in the car, whether it's your car, his car, whatever he's saying, the answer is never get in the car. And the reason is your chances of survival in dealing with this criminal who is accosting you go way down if you ever get in the car you can't get back out and you have, or you have a far harder time getting out. You're more likely to be injured. And so don't get in the car is a standard operating advice. And, and instead you should run, scream, yell, uh, you know, fight like the devil, do whatever you have to do. Don't get in the car. I was thinking last night, we were at a function last night and where there were many, many Republicans, a good speaker in the evening and just a big event. And I, you know, of course, I spent a lot of time talking to people. And part of what you start to see is there are people on our side of the aisle, the conservative side of the aisle, who were basically saying, you know, I mean, at this point, now the Electoral College has voted and this 2020 election, you know, it's going to be really, really traumatic if we continue to contest. And, you know, I mean, so we have to get through four years of Biden. We can do this. And they had all sorts of clever ideas like, while we have Biden in the White House or whoever's really running the country, you know, we can pass all sorts of great legislation and we can get rid of things like Dominion voting systems. We can correct the uh, election fraud problems. We can do all sorts of great things and we'll fix everything. So this will never happen again. And that's the plan to go forward. This is the thinking of someone who's actually really smart and well-educated, but not discerning not savvy, not recognizing that it is analogous to getting in the car, to letting election fraud go uncontested, to submitting to an administration that was never genuinely elected by the American people, to going along with, it's not just any Democrat administration. We're not talking about a John F. Kennedy who now looks like a Republican in today's world. We're talking about the absolute assault not just on the Republican Party or Donald Trump or on his voters, but on the very idea of America itself. Today's Democrat Party should actually be called the Democrat Marxist Party 
they have abandoned anything like the founding ideas of America. You have this Marxist revolution inside America going on for whatever you want to count it, 20, 80, 100 years. But we're at the pinnacle right now where the leftists in this country, when I say leftists, I don't mean slightly left, but still believe in free markets and free speech. I mean the radical left is now the normal, is now the head of the Democrat Party. I'm talking about the tolerance of organizations that are Marxist funded and led like Antifa and Black Lives Matter. I'm talking about their open discussion of the idea that the American people should not be permitted to have their own healthcare system run by or run under the rules of the free market. That it was a radical, crazy idea in America even 20 years ago. It's now the norm. It is now the left saying, oh, sure, you know, a lot of us think we should just take over the healthcare system. And the woman, she who will be Vice President Kamala Harris, openly argued in debates when she was running for president that we should get rid of insurance companies. Sure, ultimately eliminate insurance companies. Her pollsters quickly told her, hey, Kamala, that's not too popular with the uh, American people. So she's backed off from that. We're talking about a regime very, very, very closely tied to China. We're talking about China and their world domination goal. They've carried it forth in this election cycle. We're talking about an election being stolen by Dominion voting systems, which started out in Canada, but that was purchased by a Chinese owned company, purchased by China. So our elections actually truly this time were interfered with by China. We're talking about the software Smartmatic developed in Venezuela to permit the perpetual, the perpetual fraud every election cycle since since Hugo Chavez came along, the, the Venezuelan people have no way to get out of it. They're stuck. They can't get rid of the socialist, Marxist, communist takeover of their country. This is what America needs to recognize. We can't get in the car with the socialists, the Marxists, the communists. We can't get in the car with an administration that stole this, is attempting to steal this election. We can't get in the car with an administration that is deeply tied to, and some would argue completely controlled by the, the Chinese Communist Party with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's connections to China and other nefarious enemies of America. And the reason I'm saying all this in today's first five is this. So we're at the point we had the Electoral College vote yesterday, the alleged Electoral College vote. And so now there's beginning to be a little bit more of a division among people on the right saying, well, you know, we tried raising these points. We tried pointing out that there was election fraud. We tried pointing out, you know, this or that wasn't right. We tried to point out that, you know, ballots very mysteriously dropped into the swing states in the middle of the night and changed everything, you know, that we somehow had Trump winning in those states as we all went to bed and woke up and lo and behold, massive hundreds of thousands of ballots all for Biden jumped into the system and you know, who knew Biden won? We're starting to see people on the right saying, well, maybe we just have to concede and go through four years of Biden and then we'll fix everything. Or as my friend was arguing last night, the state legislatures, they'll fix everything, don't worry. The state legislatures, most are controlled by Republicans and we'll get rid of all this evil, evil election fraud and vote fraud, we'll fix it. People will never have that opportunity again. It is that serious. It's like getting in the car with a guy who's got a gun to your head, a gun to your heart saying, get in the car. And the answer is no. The fight is 
ongoing in this country. Not just the, the long-term fight is going to be ridding our country to the extent possible of the evil of Marxist, communist, socialist ideology that is destroying this country and that is being manifested in this Biden-Harris ticket. These people who are going to mandate 100 days of shutdown and mask wearing the moment they get in, who are going to happily take your guns away, just as all Marxist communists do when they come to power. They're going to be seizing your guns, shutting down your speech, sheltering you in your home by force and telling you you can't leave again until you take this vaccine, which they can then use to trace your movements for the rest of your life. This is what we're facing. This is no time to concede. This is no time to be a summer soldier. No time. This is a time to fight. And so I'll wrap up the first five by saying this. If we drop one ball, if the conservatives, the patriots, the Americans, who want to see fair elections in this country. If we drop one effort, if we drop one ball, we're guilty of taking a step toward getting in the criminal's car. And we are pushing our whole country into the criminal's car, endangering them in the future. And I want to just point out, I'm gonna wrap up the first five, but one other point. In Venezuela, these people they got duped, of course, originally when uh, Chavez ran. He didn't run. As, as understanding, socialist, Marxist, communist people who tend to have, who are, who have a mission of a government-controlled society taking over the country, removing the freedom of the people. These people never run on telling you what they will do. They never run on that. They don't say, "Hey, by the way." And neither did Castro in Cuba. He doesn't run and say, hey, we're going to have a, a socialist revolution and you're going to give up all your freedoms and you're never going to have freedom again. And you're going to live in a government-controlled society and you're not going to have access to what you need. You're going to be impoverished. You're going to be suffering. You're going to live under the thumb of a brutal government and the military that follows the government. They don't run on things and telling you that. They run on promises very similar promises to what America's Democrat Party promises to Americans today. Everything can be free. Free health care, free education, free housing. We're going to punish those evil rich people. They, they run on planting seeds of, of disdain and, and hatred among groups of Americans in, in this country, causing, urging people to be resentful and successful, urging people to be jealous and covetous of other people's things. That's what Hugo Chavez ran on. That is what Castro run, ran on in Cuba. That is what today's Democrat Party runs on. And once they get in, they don't let go of power. They take away your freedoms little by little by little by little. And the freedoms you thought you had will be gone. And it's very, very, very hard to get them back. You might be thinking, but what about our Constitution? We have a Constitution. Okay, yes, we have a beautiful Constitution assuming the courts will enforce it, assuming the courts will actually stand up for the freedom of the individual, stand up for America as founded. And even though President Trump's done a great job filling many federal court positions with serious conservatives who respect the Constitution, you still will have the likes of Hugo Chavez, the likes of Castro taking power in this country People who do not believe in the foundational freedoms of America, do not believe in the Bill of Rights, do not believe in the freedom of the individual, do not believe in the very concept of America as founded because they are Marxist, because they intend to bring 
government controlled society and take away the very freedoms that make America unique, extraordinary, and great. That is what we're facing, and this is why we must fight and use every single legal and other avenue available to stop the steal of this 2020 election. And that, my very fine friends, is today's First Five. So at this event last night, I mentioned we're at this event, we end up talking to um, a lot of people, of course, a very uh, a lot of serious conservatives and activists, and I was hearing all sorts of things about, um, you know, uh, what we should do next, where we stand, and I want to run through just a couple quick things. Quick things. Yes, the electoral college met yesterday, uh, and they, to be clear, they don't meet in person, but they they all met in their respective state capitals. Um, I want to tell you that um, there is a uh, willingness. Um, of, among some Republicans um, in the Congress who have been saying, you know, uh, this isn't over. Electoral College, and let me be clear about something, people. The only thing the Constitution requires is that on January 20th, somebody gets inaugurated. That's what the Constitution requires. It didn't even require that the Electoral College had to meet yesterday. They had to meet, but not necessarily yesterday, but that's when they met. So, be, oh, under statute, but in any case, they met, they had their thing, and they concluded that there were, um, there, there were sufficient votes for Biden to win the Electoral College. And so, therefore, he's another step closer. But this is a timeline. So that was one piece. You know, we, you had November 3rd, Election Day. You had the weeks of scuffling over the outcome. You have, you have now, in all the important states where, we're, where we are contesting the results, you had the uh, arguments by numerous people, the Sidney Powell uh, legal team, Giuliani and the President Trump's legal team. You have them making arguments. You have affidavits coming forward by everyday citizens putting their life and their face and their honor on the line saying, I saw massive cheating. You had this presented in states around the country. You had the American people becoming aware more and more of the astonishing scope of the fraud in this election. So that's all happening. You get to the Electoral College. It's not the end of the day. It's not the end of the election. It's just another step along the way. We'll get to January 20th eventually. It's a long way away. It's over a month away. A lot can happen in that next time period. So first I want to mention uh, just something really interesting about the Electoral College. So, um, you know, what happens? The Electoral College has met, and so now their votes for the college, uh, Electoral College get transferred to Congress. Well, you may know the name Congressman Mo Brooks. He uh, is a Republican, I think from Missouri, if I from state he's from, I think Missouri. In any case, um, he was interviewed and gave this statement, and I want to share it with you and just talk with you a little bit about it. Mo Brooks says, Trump won the Electoral College. I can, I can be part of this surrender caucus, or I can fight for our country. And let me explain to you what he's saying. This is, and again, people, this is not unprecedented for members of Congress to recognize they have a role in this process we're now engaged in until we get to January 20th, Congress has a role. So Mo Brooks is saying and, and that he, when it gets to con Congress's role, is going to be challenging some of the electors and their votes presented to Congress. So he said, and I'll just tell you what his, um, well, actually, let me tell you something first. In case you think this is something only the crazy uh, conservatives would think of, he says, the Democrats in the U.S. House, the Democrats, who are now, I'm sure, claiming he can't do this, the Democrats in the House tried this in 2017. They tried to strike Alabama's votes for Donald Trump. Georgia, they tried to do the same thing. House Democrats tried to strike the votes for, for Donald Trump from Georgia 
in 2017. Democrats know. Democrats use the process. In fact, that was one of the themes of this talk we heard last night. I may or may not get to it, but Democrats use every tool in the tool shed, every step along the way, every process. They have been lining up this election coup of 2020 for a long time. All of what we're watching, we're suddenly becoming aware of the Democrats and Soros and the left that is in bed with the extreme socialist movement in this world. This has been long planned. They put in place people who are district attorneys who have some role. They put in place local governments. They put in place people who have roles in the electoral system in their, in their states. They put in place rule changes. They put in place the entire mail-in ballot unnecessary massive uh, effort in this 20 election, 2020 election cycle, all because of the COVID emergency. It wasn't an emergency. The Democrats have been scheming and planning this theft of the 2020 election for a long time. They use the processes. Republicans, conservatives, tend to be arguing substance. We talk about, well, can we explain, you know, the, uh, the way that uh, the Bill of Rights works or what we believe in about taxes or what we believe in about sovereignty. We're talking substance and ideas, and the left is finagling around using every possible procedural avenue they have to get their mission. If nothing else, the left is relentless. But back to what Mo Brooks is saying. So in 2017, the Democrats tried to strike Alabama's Electoral College votes for Donald Trump in 2017 and for Georgia. Barbara Boxer tried to strike Ohio for the, in the George Bush election way back in 2005. The House of Representatives, in combination with the United States Senate, has the lawful authority to accept or reject Electoral College vote submissions from states that have such flawed election systems that they're not worthy of our trust. So there's great conversation occurring. This whole meeting is happening in Washington on January 6th in Congress. Mo Brooks is saying, I'm challenging some of these states. I'm challenging them because they have stolen this election and I'm not going to, I'm not going to tolerate it. So Mo Brooks, brave voice in the House, someone needed in the Senate side, and that's a little unclearer in the Senate side because this whole process he's talking about, the receipt of the Electoral College votes in Congress is actually presided over by the Vice President, who will still be Mike Pence. So Mike Pence right now, uh, well, presiding over the entire thing, and whether he can be a, a vote in the Senate to do this, or whether some other conservative senator who can actually be relied on, very small handful of people there. Some people are hoping Rand Paul, who has been very outspoken about the theft of this election, very outspoken about, you know, this is, this is wrong. So he may be the one, but there is still, even though the Electoral College voted, there is still path or a path along the way to stop this election theft. We're going to get to in a moment talking about President Trump's executive order and from 2018, the Insurrection Act and how that's another avenue. But again, all of this I'm talking about today, all of this is part of the mission of the patriots in this country who believe in the Constitution, who believe in the, the power of the ideas that created America. All of it is part of the effort to say, we're not getting in the car with the election theft of 2020. 
were not getting in the car with the people who would steal this election and will forever, ever after steal elections as Maduro, excuse me, as Chavez and followed by Maduro have done in Venezuela. They've got their, their system rigged for life. The people are helpless. They can't do anything about it. So they keep on electing these socialists. This is what happens. They've had leaders arise in Venezuela and say, hey, you know, the people don't like this. They've got the system rigged. This is in Democrats in our country trying to claim they have the system rigged and we're stuck with a fraudulent result and the answer has to be no. So Mo Brooks talking about uh, that, engaging that in Congress. Uh, one other small step, congressional Republicans um, who are part of this inauguration committee, uh, there's a, every year um, there is a joint congressional committee on inaugural ceremonies. It's just a committee to, you know, to set up the inauguration but it's a joint congressional committee on inaugural ceremonies. They have their meetings, so they have half Democrats, half Republicans, and they've had it in the past, by the way, even before the Electoral College met. But they had their meeting, and of course, you know, the Democrats were wanting, wanting to announce this as planning Joe Biden's inauguration. The Republicans are saying, uh, no, 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 we're planning it. We're not conceding that Biden is president-elect. We're not conceding. This is a fabulous, powerful step just a signal by Republicans were not necessarily accepting this. Uh, there was most unfortunately a statement out of um, Mitch McConnell, the, for the uh, surrenderer in chief, the perpetual surrenderer in chief, um, who actually in the floor of the Senate yesterday referred to Joe Biden as President-elect Biden. He said today on the floor, the elect yesterday, the Electoral College has spoken. Today I want to congratulate President-elect Joe Biden. So McConnell, on the capitulation train, and I will tell you, is my two cents of why McConnell would say that. McConnell has been good. I will give him credit for he's been good in getting conservative judges appointed to the federal courts. McConnell loves living in the Washington swamp. He loves the ruling elite, ruling class milieu in which he functions. He loves being part of the ruling class. He loves when he's just, not just all the cocktail parties, but all the really high level, you know, international, everybody, the cool club, he, he's in that. He has found, McConnell has found Donald Trump to be a perpetual thorn because Donald Trump doesn't play the ruling elite class game. He doesn't play the swamp game. He doesn't want to be in the swamp. Donald Trump wants to stand up for America. This irritates the daylights out of someone like Mitch McConnell. Mitch McConnell, he has been good in getting judges through. I think if he didn't do that as a Republican and the head of the Senate who has the power to either get these judges confirmed or not, you know, if he didn't do that, he really would risk losing his seat and certainly losing his role um, um, heading up this majority leader of the Senate. So uh, McConnell uh, capitulating all along, uh, starting to capitulate. But I want to um, kind of mention before I get into the executive order, and what Trump could do about it. I had it with me the other day and I didn't get to it, but I wanna just um, mention a couple of things um, that, are, that are stewing behind the scenes uh, that, that are kind of should encourage people if you're at all concerned um, about where we're going in this country uh, where, that, are the, um, that are happening in terms of our questioning uh, the results of the 2020 elections. I mentioned yesterday um, that there was a report issued uh, by the ASOG group, Allied Security Operations Group, which had reviewed the uh, Antrim County, Michigan, Dominion voting systems, machines. 
reviewed those machines, and we went over in great, 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 great detail yesterday um, all of the flaws, and there are many, many more flaws. But the bottom line was, if you read that report, and you can read it on our website, americacanwetalk.org. I was hearing yesterday some of you commented that you couldn't open the document on our website. We fixed that. So americacanwetalk.org. And on the home page, it's the top blog. It just is the report of ASOG. But basically, they found that there was a, just an enormous error rate, uh, which by itself ought to make you say, well, why would there be a big error rate? I mean, you know, this is 2020. We know how to run elections. We know how to do things. But more important than the error rate that is permissible by the FEC, uh, which is 0.0008, that's what's permissible by the FEC, allowable election rate, which is basically one in every 250,000 ballots, these machines had an error rate of 68.05, 68% error rate. I mean, the machines are not functioning. And they actually, they, their basic finding, ASOG's finding, one of these machines was that, that the Dominion voting system is intentionally and purposefully designed with inherent errors to create systemic fraud and influence election results. The system intentionally generates an enormously high number of ballot errors. Electronic ballots are then transferred for adjudication. Electronic ballots, they find the error, they kick them out of the to-be-counted pile, put them in the to-be-adjudicated pile, and the adjudication then, somebody comes over to look at them. Okay, we gotta figure this out. You know, what the heck happened? So they have this massive number, well over half, you know, well over, it's actually, that's over two-thirds of the ballots cast in that one county went, got sent into the adjudication pile to be reviewed, and uh, just an astonishing um, finding that they had about that. Um, all server security logs, all server security logs, the way you could tell the security, the log is telling you whether the machine is secured or not and what's happened. All server security logs for the day of the election, uh, on election day and prior to the election day are gone. All security logs. So you can't tell who got in. You can't tell anything. I, I mean, this is like record... I mean, that alone should cause every state that used Dominion voting system to say, wait, 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 wait a minute, we're going to review. Now, Arizona's going to do that, get that in a moment. Um, but they're talking about the idea, the massive number of, um, oh, also, the computer system shows the vote adjudication log. So these votes get pulled out, and then they go to an adjudic, there's just being an adjudication log. For, um, the adjudication log entries, adjudication log entries for the entire 2020 election are missing. The machine has them, the adjudication logs for past elections, but for this election that just happened, all adjudication logs are missing. So you just, you just can't know a thing. You just can't know a darn thing. I, I mean, I, there's, there's so much here and I, I raise this to say, this is not an election where conservatives are upset because they want Trump to win and gall dang Biden won. This is an election where any sentient person paying attention can figure out there was massive election fraud. Vote fraud in terms of dead people voting and election fraud, electronic manipulation of the voter tabulation software. Massive, massive. 
This is what they've uncovered in Michigan. This is why we fight, because it's that serious, that consequential. But in addition, just other states, and I was talking last night to someone um, who has been in Georgia as part of all of this, trying to straighten out the situation uh, in our elections and working in Georgia. Um, she's been very, very, um, very, very right in the middle of it all. Uh, there are so many things that happen in Georgia. They came across, for example, boxes of Georgia mail ballots hidden in a warehouse in Fulton County. Bal Listen to this again. Boxes of Georgia mail ballots hidden in a warehouse in Fulton County, many of them having been shipped from Arizona. No explanations offered. We're just supposed to accept because the left is saying, all done, we're done, that we all have to accept we're done. And you don't get to question, you don't even get to think about it anymore. Um, a lawyer who monitored the recount saw a strange stack of ballots that had a perfect black mark for Biden. No, not, no other votes cast, but they had a little fill-in, you know, and it was a perfect little, like a machine might have done it, little fill-in there. Similar thing, Georgia recount worker, 20 years of experience handling ballots, described an odd batch that stood out. Pristine ballots, meaning no, these ballots not having been run through a machine where you're gonna have a slight crease, not having been mailed, pristine ballots with no markings and 98% of them were for Biden. I mean, there are enough anomalies, an anomaly isn't even, that, that sounds like it could be just a, a freak show. Um, third mantra, a Democrat, 100 of the ballots seemed impeccable. No folds, no creases. Bubble selections were perfectly made. Only observed selections in black ink and all were for Biden. I'm getting all this to say, people, I do understand. I do. I have been involved in elections, election judge, a poll watcher, clerk, I've done all this and did it again recently, election clerk in the most recent election cycle. I understand there are people on both sides of the aisle who will forever in a day, when election is over, claim, well, you know, it must have been fraud. How could our guy have lost? No way he could have lost. Because they just can't stand losing. And they want to accuse the other side of wrongdoing. That's not what's happening here. Is not what's happening here. And it's important because this is part of what I was listening to people last night who were saying, well, you know, there's always election, a little bit of election fraud every time. It happens every time. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about massive election fraud of all kinds in only the states that mattered. And on election night, as I mentioned earlier, hundreds, hundreds of thousands of ballots, almost all for Biden, appearing magically while the counting has been shut down because Trump was on the way to winning. We cannot surrender this. It is not, it is not you know, statesmanlike. I know there are some people who are trying to say, well, I'm gonna be the statesmanlike. You know, some of the senators and members of Congress, well, I don't wanna be one of the down in the, down in the ground, um, you know, down in the mud fighting. I don't wanna be uh, starting a, a really a big problem here. Let, let's just you know, let this go and we'll fix things. We cannot let this go. We cannot let this go. We are losing America if we let this go. But I want to go on. So um, there were there was a one good thing I'm going to mention uh, a little later in the show. I'll talk about Arizona. Arizona taking note of what happened in Michigan, saying, you know what, actually, we're going to do the same thing. I'll tell you more about that in a minute. But I want to get into where we are um, in uh, on the electors and what's happening with them. Um, so, and by the way, before I, I, I'm always saying that Democrats are relentless. You know, here we have... 
I'm sure people on the Republican side saying, oh, Mo Brooks shouldn't be saying that. You know, we have this electoral thing. We just go, we don't want to interfere. And the Democrats fight on every front, every issue, every day. Republicans are just waking up to this fact, sadly, very late. But as one example of how Democrats fight, we're going to get the executive order in a moment. But a Democrat congressman has actually demanded of Nancy Pelosi that she not seat, that she refused to seat as a member of Congress all 126 Republicans who signed on in support of the Texas litigation at the Supreme Court challenging election fraud in this, in this election cycle. The suit that Ken Paxton, Texas filed oh, last Monday and the Supreme Court rejected it on Friday. But some congressmen, the actual backbone congressmen, signed on to this, Republican congressmen, and the Democrat guy is now saying that they shouldn't be seated. He's not even joking. This is Bill Pascrell of New Jersey. He's demanding, he said, stated simply, they sh that they, are, they would act to tear the government apart. They cannot serve as members of Congress. Uh, no, actually, uh, Joe, whatever the guy's name was, yeah, Bill, Bill Pascrell, you're the one. Your party is actually tearing our country apart. But I want to get this executive order because this has kind of been looming in the background. And we're in a very interesting week now leading up to this whole um, deal with the executive order. So let me start with this. There is uh, an executive order, and it's available on our website, AmericaCanWeTalk.org, on the homepage, under shows, drop down list of links. There is an order that was issued by President Trump actually back in 2018. In 2018, kind of interesting. He put this executive order up, and you really, it's actually read, it's very easy to read, and, but I want to tell you why it's so important. So back in 2018, this executive order was called Executive Order on Imposing Certain Sanctions in the Event of Foreign Interference in a United States Election. So back in September of 2018, it's an executive order saying in the case of foreign interference, and he runs through the kinds of things that could potentially constitute foreign interference. And it actually mentions things like election you know, voting machines, election software, interference with election software, any actions, I actually have a good summary I was going to read you if I find this quickly, but uh, any, um, any conduct by um, foreign agents or, and, or actually it's not or, it's and, and or American citizens who participate or aid and abet in this conduct. And in this executive order, there's a lot of people thinking that President Trump uh, put this out um, with some foreknowledge that perhaps there was going to be this kind of interference in the 2020 election. But this order, this executive order, it's executive order 13848, among the things it does, it requires the director of national intelligence um, who is a former Texas congressman uh, and now uh, the, the DNI guy, um, Ratcliffe, he has to uh, submit a report on all election interference from a foreign government within 45 days of the election. November 3rd was the election, 45 days is up this Friday, December 18th. So Ratcliffe is under executive order to prepare a report and give it to the president and other officers of the federal government 
uh, reporting on election interference in the foreign by a foreign government, and it includes people, American citizens, who aid and abet this in any way. Remember when we had Patrick Byrne on the show uh, last week? I don't know what day it was, but he was talking about how Dominion Voting Systems, the uh, Canadian company purchased by China uh, for whatever it was, $400 million, just about 30, 40 or so days before the election. So China owns Dominion. Smartmatic, the election software, Tabation software, concocted in Venezuela. There are people testifying. They sat there and listened as Chavez received assurances in Venezuela from the people creating Smartmatic that software that he could win the elections, that they could manipulate the software and he would always win elections. They have people who sworn affidavits, actually a, a recorded affidavit, a, a, like I'm doing talking to you, a recorded affidavit saying, I swear, here's what happened. So you have that's foreign interference in America's elections. China, as you are well aware, um, has been on its long-term, because you listen to my show, but a long-term mission. They want to become the one single world power. They believe they're entitled to do that. They have been undermining America in a whole host of ways. They have deplored the presidency of President Trump because he was the one to pull back from the relentless ongoing submission to China in our trade policies leading up to President Trump when he took office and President Trump was willing to correct the trade deals, willing to speak up to China and say, we're not any longer going to permit your theft of intellectual software. We're not going to permit you know, the trade deals that harm American companies. We want to bring manufacturing back to America. We had President Trump standing up to China in a whole host of ways, unlike any previous predecessor, unlike any. Trump's presidency very much was a boulder in the road to the Chinese effort to expand and work themselves toward their eventual, what they intend, they believe is their manifest destiny to rule the world. So you have this executive, going back to the executive order, uh, he called about, this executive order actually includes unauthorized accessing of voter registration, voter tabulation software, um, and also includes distribution of disinformation. A lot of people are speculating. The executive order calls on, uh, it, it says, out, or specifically prohibits distribution of disinformation or false information about the election. And by the way, back to this time, this November, this uh, September 2018, President Trump actually called it a national emergency, that there was a threat of this potential interference. He called it a national emergency, and he is going to get a report from uh, from the DNI, from Ratcliffe, on Friday, or maybe even earlier. I mean, there's no reason he has to wait till Friday if he has his report ready. He could, he could turn it in right now while we're talking. But the point is, Trump appears to have set up a process by which he is going to be able to expose to America all that these foreign governments did, foreign act, not just governments, foreign actors, foreign agents, America's assisting them. This report can be made public. This is a report that will expose much of what America's enemies have done and those in America have facilitated it through Dominion, through, uh, and it's not just Dominion. Dominion's getting the main media attention because they were the ones in Antrim County and in many other counties in America's election. But there are other similar companies, as you saw, we've talked about with Russ Rams on the show, other voting machine companies, engage, uh, they're all kind of interconnected. They've all used some version or iteration 
of the Smartmatic software, they all have these problems. All these electronic voting machines. And so you're going to have the president aware, and hopefully the country right after that aware, by this Friday, of all the interference that Ratcliffe can put in his report and explain to America, explain to the other government entities who receive this report. And this executive order calls for the punishments that will attach. Part of the assessment people have about this executive order is that President Trump's going to be in a position to call out the individuals involved, the foreign nationals, the foreign countries or communist parties, the foreign interests, the entities in America who have assisted, which are probably a lot of the left-wing organizations in this country who have assisted in some way, the media outlets, it actually mentions media, media outlets that are falsely reporting over and over and over and over. Oh, no election fraud. What are they talking about? Nothing like that's happening here. I mean, this, this order has potentially broad scope. But what it also does, it gives ammunition, it gives legitimization to the state governments in states around this country who are now coming to find out that the elections held in their states, even if they didn't know so up until now, they're going to recognize that the fraud was massive and rampant, that their own state is filled with potential fraud or actual fraud, that they should not have certified their elections, that perhaps they should still work to decertify. It's going to give courage to the state court judges and the federal court judges hearing all the many pending pieces of litigation, especially in Georgia. By the way, my friend involved in Georgia was telling me the Georgia state court legislation uh, uh, litigation, it is rock solid. It is so strong in pointing out that Georgia simply had a flat out fraudulent election that should not have ever been certified. Anyway, so all of this is going to give the president not just uh, you know, because every time he says anything in the media, you write about all that's happened. You right away have the media saying, oh, sour grapes, he's complaining, he's whining, he just he lost, blah, blah, blah. America is going to have a big basis to recognize because the report will be issued and assume, presumably made public very quickly. All the fraud, it gives ammo to the Supreme Court that is going to end up having to rule on cases that Sidney Powell has brought up there more cases headed their way, and it really calls out, it calls for the courage of these justices on the Supreme Court and the judges around this country to say, we cannot sit on our you know, hands and say, well, everything doesn't look perfect. Maybe there were some problems, but we can't overthrow an election. They have to see it as the election itself was an attempt to overthrow America's election system. The election itself was an effort to overthrow the American government, the system of government, the system of voting, and actually the order very specifically refers to and, and condemns and makes liable for people who engage in this conduct actions that interfere with the rights of the American citizens, which include, of course, the right to vote. Many people thinking that President Trump may have had heads up a long time ago of part of what was occurring or was planned to occur and was ready with this order, which at the time didn't draw that much attention from the media. Oddly, I remember reading about it thinking, I didn't know what he was all about, why he was doing that. But this time it now looks like he has really, the president has set up himself and his administration with a responsibility by a previously existing order 
for the DNI to write this lengthy report for it to be reported to the world, reported to America and to the world, and then you're going to end up with America now saying, wow, this is what actually happened. Uh, we have, by the way, uh, other, other things happening very quickly. Uh, we got to hit two other topics, but Sidney Powell's been talking about this. You can read it on an article, I think, from Epic Times. Sidney Powell, Trump could trigger the 2018 executive order on foreign election interference. She's saying he could do it today. I mean, whatever she said is a couple of days ago. He could do it today. He could say, you know what, this is enough proof. He could trigger this right now and begin doing things uh, in response or under the um, notion of this um, order. He has power under this order even before the Ratliff report comes. Trump has power under this order even before Ratliff submits his report, gives him all kinds of power to seize assets, freeze things, demand the impoundment of all machines, demand the impoundment of all machines. And the, the language that is relevant here, what a DNI guy has to do, Ratcliffe has to do, he has to conduct an assessment of any information indicating a foreign government or any person acting as an agent of or on behalf of a foreign government has acted with the intent or purpose of interfering in this election. Trump has power today to impound all the election machines. And he has power under this order to appoint a special prosecutor to look into what happened. This order created in September 2018 is now coming to, uh, to possible fruition uh, in this very election as we see, as we begin to uncover more and more election fraud having occurred. Uh, by the way, um, the um, presidential electors, uh, there's a potential for the electors from Arizona, Georgia, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Nevada all be invalidated uh, if they go forward based on the fraud everyone can now see happened um, in those states. Okay, I have a real, I'm going to get the Insurrection Act, but I, I want to get another day. I want to hit two other very, very quick things. Um, one is, I mentioned at the start of the show, uh, I want to talk about Arizona subpoenas Dominion um, and Michigan denies the GOP electors entrance. So first, Matthew Wonderful, there's a quick clip of Arizona. This is a, a state senator in Arizona announcing he is going to subpoena the Dominion voting machines uh, to an audit on them. And here he is, a state senator in Arizona. I can tell you that this is born out of the idea and, and the fact that the legislature has the authority and the responsibility ultimately to make sure that our elections are fair and open, transparent, and that we in fact have integrity in the process. What we have is our founding fathers granted us a priceless gift a constitutional republic with the gift of self-determination and self-governance. One of the fundamental tenets and hallmarks of this gift is the right we have to elect individuals to represent us in the halls of government. And the only way for us to truly exercise that right is if our elections are open and fair. I recognize and I will state that the chairman has been very clear in saying that he supports an audit. But as long as the, the constraints exist because of ongoing or additional litigation, they don't feel like they can perform an audit, which continues to leave our constituents feeling like maybe this election was compromised. As I stated, that is my intent to issue subpoenas. No, if, as Mr. Lee <clears throat> talked about, that he expects that the, that the litigation will end by the end of this week, then those subpoenas can be withdrawn or they can be quashed and we can move forward. But this will ensure that at least the legislature has a process in place the legislature through this committee is looking into the, the veracity of the election, 
based upon the machines okay, and the ballots and the software. Okay, I gotta jump in. I gotta jump in and end with him. Okay, this is a great thing, by the way. This is Arizona now saying, uh, we're gonna have Kelly Ward on tomorrow, the chair of the GOP in Arizona. Uh, she's been heavily involved, obviously, in this process, trying to get this uh, election fixed in Arizona. Not fixed, corrected so that the true and genuine winner uh, of the election um, is awarded their electoral votes. So uh, Dominion, uh, the um, so now issuing a subpoena for Dominion software machines and the ballots. I really hope, I wish they could hire ASOG to do that review. I'm concerned. I don't know how savvy you have to be to pick up on the kinds of things that went wrong. Um, and I'm going to skip, actually, I also had a, a clip, but I'm going to uh, skip it because we're out of time. I want to get one more quick topic. But in Michigan, uh, the electoral, the Republican electors, actually, I do want to play it. The Republican electors trying to enter the Michigan State House to participate in their rightful role as electors in Michigan were blocked. A quick play of that clip. We'll start that clip. For the Capitol Commission, for the governor's office, for the Speaker of the House, for the, for the Speaker of the Senate, the Capitol is closed unless you have an office here to conduct business today or if you are taking part in the electoral college process. Anybody else is not permitted to come in? They are electors. Yeah, the electors are already here. They've been checked in. Uh, not all. Not all the electors are inside. Capitol's closed. All, all 16 electors that we've been advised by the governor staff that we're going to be here to vote in the electoral college have been checked in. They're already here. But the GOP but electors. These are the rest of the electors. I understand. There. There. Ian's here. The Capitol's closed. Everybody that's permitted come forward. This was the most amazing little clip. This is the GOP electors being blocked at the entrance to the Michigan uh, courthouse, state house. It's not over. If you take nothing else from my show than this, it's not over. And the battle to get this election right could not be more important. I'm going to close the show by talking about a very quick clip, very uh, quick segment, and we'll um, have Lieutenant Colonel Alan West in the, on the show sometime soon to talk about it. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, uh, who's you, if you listen to my show often, he's been on the show many times, uh, former member of Congress, a, a decorated military guy, and now he is the chair of the Texas Republican Party. As we watched the theft of the election, the attempted theft of the election of 2020, and many people beginning to seem like they're going to capitulate, well, you know, let Biden have it, we'll fight next time. Uh, Chairman West put out a statement, and actually he was responding to when the Supreme Court, when the U.S. Supreme Court decided, in my view, as I told you on a previous show, erroneously and in a cowardly manner, refused to entertain litigation filed by, they dismissed a complaint, the uh, litigation filed by the state of Texas, Attorney General Paxton, uh, and other states, with like 26 or something states joined in, challenging all of the failure of the uh, the other state legislatures, the other states in this in this country, the named defendants, four states, uh, for following the Constitution. And they had an unconstitutional, therefore unconstitutional election under rules not established by their own legislature. And the Supreme Court, in my word, was punted. They just didn't want to deal with. And this is what I think is going on with many judges and justices and state electors um, and state members of the House and Senate in, in uh, legislatures around this country. This is a massively unprecedented time. This is an unprecedented time in America where so many people are being called 
to be to step up to do something that is unprecedented that feels dangerous that feels like they may be encountering uh, you know opposition from antifa or the radical le- the you know the democrat media mob from antifa and black lives matter it's easier to surrender and let them steal the election that is sadly the view of some of these people i'm putting words in their mouth but they just can not come to grips with what a radical, unprecedented moment this is in America and how America to survive must have these people step up and do their jobs and do the hard thing and call out the fraud and demand that we follow the system in our country that is actually by our precious founders. We have a system available to correct the wrong the left attempted in this theft of an election. Now I'll read you what, what, what Lieutenant Colonel West said. Now, as I said, we'll have him in sometime soon talk about it. But he responded to the Supreme Court decision tossing out the Texas case. The Supreme Court, in tossing a Texas lawsuit that was joined by 17 states, and it, really, it became like 26 states, and 106 U.S. congressmen, and that became 126, have decreed that a state can take unconstitutional actions and violate its own election law, resulting in damaging effects in other states that abide by the law while the guilty state suffers no consequences. This decision establishes a precedent that says states can violate the U.S. Constitution and not be held accountable. This decision will have far-reaching ramifications for the future of our constitutional republic. Perhaps, and this is the key sentence, perhaps law-abiding states should bond together and form a union of states that will abide by the Constitution. The Texas GOP will always stand for the Constitution and for the rule of law, even while others don't. And that statement got a lot of media attention, a lot of media attention, because he's really talking about, and I will just close the show today, but before I get to my Wyatt Matters to you, close the show by saying this. We actually... We talk about during this last four years, you've heard many people in the media saying, America's so divided. You know, America's really divided. We've never been more divided. And on the Democrat media mob left, they want to say it's entirely because of Trump. If Trump is a divisive one. If he would just go away, we'd all be back to normal. And that is not true. Trump retains, I've, I mean, it's usually like 94% approval rating by Republicans. Trump is not dividing America. Trump supporters like him. They want him to carry forth on the America First agenda he ran on. They want him to do the things he's doing, pushing the America First agenda. The left in this country, because they hate him, they hate the America First agenda, they hate the Constitution and all the rights under the Constitution that they are perpetually trying to violate. The left deplores Trump. They have a radical base in this country in the form of Antifa and Black Lives Matter and the rioters and the, the lawbreakers. That radical group has stirred up America. They hate Trump. The intellectual left has stirred up America trying to falsely accuse President Trump of being a racist or a xenophobe or some stupid name they think up. They have agitated the Democrat media mob have agitated the American people into hysterical, irrational hatred of the president. And then when you have that group, you know, disliking the president and the Trump supporters supporting him still, then the media reports the country's divided and it's Trump's fault when they create the division. They created the division. They intended to create the division.
They intended to create loathing and hatred and hysteria in the, in the minds of the American people about Trump. And when they succeed in creating that hysteria, they blame the resulting division on Trump when they actually created, created it intentionally themselves. But we are at a place in America, the left isn't just agitated. And the violence you're seeing in the streets is not just because they want a Democrat in the White House instead of a Republican. It is, become, it is because the Marxist movement in this country, the radical leftist Marxist movement around this world, funded and aided by the Chinese Communist Party, agitated by the Chinese Communist Party, organized by the Chinese Communist Party, with organizations on the ground in America, funding and agitating Antifa and Black Lives Matter, that whole radical, anti-American, anti-freedom cabal, they want to, to destroy this country. It is the purpose of China and the organizations they have on the ground in America and those organizations funding Antifa and Black Lives Matter and all the violence. The purpose is to destroy America. We are looking at, at right in front of our eyes, we are looking at the potential Marxist takeover of America. As I said, the people who are running to destroy the country don't tell you that at the time. They don't mention what they're doing, but you have, we are watching the, uh, the pinnacle, the outcome, the, the, the almost inevitable result of the funding by the Chinese Communist Party, radical Marxist organizations in this country, the agitation against America, agitation against our freedom, agitation against free speech, free religion, gun ownership, every other freedom we have. You're watching that agitation right in front of our eyes. And so we are, in very many ways, already at war in America. We're already at war in this country. We're not, there's not bullets flying yet, or very many bullets flying yet. They're not bullets, there aren't tanks at our border. If we had China invade with tanks and you know bombs dropped from the sky and tanks and bullets, we'd recognize you're being invaded. But what's actually happening is we've been invaded by the ugliness of communism, socialism, and Marxism. All of those ugly isms, anti-American isms, all of them have formed a cabal. They have locked arms with America's radical left. And they have convinced the radical left, this is their time, take power, and we can soon destroy America the superpower, America the land of the free and the home of the brave. We are already at war in this country, and that is why it's so important to fight the fight now. Fight the fight to correct this election fraud now. Do not wait and think somehow, after four years of Biden, four years of solidifying the massive federal bureaucracy, massively growing government control over society, massively removing America's freedoms, that we're somehow going to emerge and be able to fight back and then take back this country. The election was never about Republican versus Democrat or conservative and liberal. The election was about holding on to America or losing it. And the people pushing to pretend that Biden won the election are the ones determined to destroy the very foundational idea of America. That's why so many people are saying, not on my watch, I will fight. We will not comply with this fraudulent election. So I, at, at the close of every show, as I often do, I always do, I tell you why the stories we talked about today matter to you. 
So we started our show out today talking about the idea uh, don't get in the car. And I told you what that idea means. When the car thief demands you get in the car with him, that's the time to resist. Scream, run, yell, fight, don't get in the car. Go along with a criminal's demand and things will not end well. The time to resist and to overturn the 2020 election fraud is right now. Go along with the Marxist coup and America may be gone for decades or even forever. Don't humor or honor Mitch McConnell or anyone who says this is just another election. Move along. Let us let the ruling let us in the ruling class handle this because orange man bad. The 2020 election fraud has never been about taking down Trump per se. It's about taking down America under the Constitution. It's a fundamental step toward the Marxist overthrow of American freedom. It must be fought now. And on the EC, which is Electoral College, and EO, Executive Order, and the Ratcliffe Report, the Electoral College vote has meaning to the D.C. ruling class determined to allow the fraud to go through on the assumption it can continue to manage the rule of the country under a Biden administration. The Electoral College vote has no meaning to patriots who can see the scope of the fraud. Trump's September 2018 Executive Order 13848 was prescient as to the potential for foreign election interference and is broad and powerful in specifying legal remedies. Calls for a DNI report 45 days after election this Friday the 18th. Asset seizures, voting machine impounds, blocking of money flows, all of this is available. Sidney Powell maintains there's already enough evidence to trigger this executive order now. Do Trump's personnel shifts, we need to get into this, we will maybe tomorrow, at the Department of Defense, the DOJ signal imminent action under the executive order? Some people say yes. Don't be surprised if the answer is yes. Stand by for Friday's developments. And on the Arizona subpoenas, um, subpoenas Dominion and the Michigan denying the GOP electors, Michigan forensic examination of Dominion voting machines, damning to Dominion, crippling to any claim of validity to Antrim County election results, raises questions as to the validity of election results anywhere Dominion was in use, which was all over America. Now, Arizona State Senate has subpoenaed Dominion, will conduct full forensic exam of Dominion machines used in Maricopa County, largest by population in Arizona. Don't be surprised if the Arizona audit results are similar to those in Michigan. The implications of two independent states finding material audit problems are staggering and may upend January congressional certification process. The left's mockery and derision, there's no evidence of fraud, will never change this reality. The 2020 presidential election was stolen through massive fraud. The only question is if any American institution will face that reality and correct it. And the last one, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West and the new Constitutional Union, elected Republican Party of Texas Chairman Allen West, American patriot, soldier who's faced life and death battles, a witness to wars over power and control, a student of American and world history, West knows Americans are at a pivotal moment in history. This is not just another election. West's viral comments about the possible need for a renewed union of states willing to follow the Constitution is not a call for war or even secession. It's a recognition that America's institutions have failed America. Supreme Court in particular is not defending the Constitution against enemies. West's call is timely and rightly thought-provoking. The burden is on the ruling class. Why shouldn't Americans be concerned? And that, my very fine friends, is America Can We Talk for today. Thank you so much for tuning in every Monday through Thursday at 3 p.m. Central Time. 
to America Can We Talk, where I always talk truth about America because America matters. And I will talk to you next time. Can we talk truth about America? Can